Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ken Vasoli, host of Wax On. Thank you very much for tuning in. Before we get on with the show, I have a few announcements for you. Vacationer, my band, will be playing a show in Philadelphia on Thursday, June 8th at the Coda. That's just in a few days. That's on Thursday if you're listening to this as it drops. And if you'd like to get into that show for free, you can RSVP at recphilly.com slash fly. That's recphilly.com slash F-L-Y. And if you don't do that, it's $5, but there's limited space. The code is kind of small. It's very nice, but it might get to capacity. So I suggest RSVPing, saving yourself $5. You can use that on all sorts of stuff. And then a week to the day, Thursday, June 15th, I will be opening for Good Old War in New Hope, Pennsylvania at Triumph Brewing Company. I'll be dropping a DJ set with original beats and playing a few originals with vocals. Should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a good vibe. Uh, You can find tickets for that on Ticket Leap, I believe. If you look up the show, Thursday, June 15th, Good Old War, Vacationer DJ set, you'll be able to find tickets. I'm not going to lie to you, it's a little pricey, but it's going to be an intimate thing. Good Old War is a top-notch band, good friends, good tunes, good brews. Come on out. And beyond that, I just want to thank you for tuning in. I know it's been a while since I've put out one of these shows. This one is very special. As you've read in the notes, we share the last name. This podcast is with my older brother, Brad, and it was very enlightening. He accompanied me to the local record store and picked out a few cuts. Blew my mind with some of them, and we had a very insightful conversation and got to reminisce about our childhood, sharing music together. It's a good conversation, and uh, glad I got to spend the time with my bro. So, Vacationer is getting serious about this new record. I know I've been saying it for a while, but things are really heating up in the kitchen, and I'm getting down to it. So, as long as it's been, it might be a little bit longer until I get the chance to put another one of these out. But I assure you that I want to keep doing this show, and I have plenty more ideas for future episodes. So I implore you, stay subscribed, stay groovy, tune in, chill out, enjoy the show. Welcome back, folks, to a new episode of the podcast, Wax On. I am your host, Ken Vasoli, and I'm joined this week by my guest, a very special person in my life. Uh, He's been with me all along, literally, and uh, he's my brother, my older brother, Brad Vasoli. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks for being on, man. Yeah, dude. We are 
We're gonna play some music for one another. We went record shopping in the neighborhood, yep. and um, I guess I should explain that you don't have. Uh, I'm not a vinyl person. Uh, haven't gotten into it. Yeah. Yet. But that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but but you've been uh, a fan of music and, a, and an early influence on my musical taste. Oh, I appreciate that. And yeah, been a fan of uh, modern music for 25 years. Yeah. Man, I would say. Yep. Yeah. I was rating your music collection from, you know, as soon as I could sneak into it. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I recall, yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, there was a, a certain, you know, like, following that happened with me once you started getting into music. You know, yeah. it, ever since you started taking piano lessons, I remember you would go in and take some lessons, and I yeah. would wait in the car, and I was like, man, like, fuck this, I want to go into, and can I just do the same thing? Yeah, and I guess some of that... Some of that was very enjoyable for you, and some of it was just <laughs> well, certain parts of the, you know. <laughs> yeah, it probably could have been a more enlightening. You have to be very, um, uh, very acutely um, aware of, of what you need to do in order to teach piano to youngsters so that they love it. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I've had, I, I played some piano when I was younger and still once the blue moon will, will play, yeah. but you know I've had different kinds of teachers for piano, and yeah, it's, you know <laughs> she was it a nice a, lady, but she was. Yeah, she, I she don't was. Think, I don't That's think why she, I was so hesitant to actually even. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to disparage the lady. Right, she, yeah. was, she was a very sweet she was, woman. She was wonderful, but um, um but yeah, but she, she wasn't you, in really in shape to, yeah. to be teacher. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Man. <laughs> But yeah, and then yeah. and then you started playing guitar. You started taking guitar lessons, and I was like, man, you know, what about what about bass? You um, know, I just I just kept following in your footsteps yeah, as well, far as you know the, the lessons and learning how to play music. Well, I really appreciate you saying that, man. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, it was. We had we had fun times as musicians um, growing up together. Like, just you really kind of broadened, I think, my tastes eventually with just a lot of um, punk stuff and like um, early, early 90s punk stuff that really, um, it didn't make it like onto the radio or MTV or just anything that I relied on to oh, right kind on. of uh, kind of get my tastes. Uh, like face to face and, you know. Yeah, um, Bands like that, you know, really, um, really I, I, they, they got my ear, I think mainly because they got yours. Absolutely, yeah, that was the the gateway drug into punk rock for me, <laughs> face to face. And I have shows coming up with them and I'm gonna be a complete fangirl around them. I as, as I would be. Yeah, it's gonna be wild. Yeah. Yeah, th I'm, I'm glad to hear that you uh, have been getting more into that stuff. And it, yeah, it opens up a whole new chapter of conversation for you and I. It does, it does. And um. But we're not yeah. touching a whole lot on that stuff today. We, you know, we we've seen yeah. each other's picks. Yeah. But it's good to explain that, you know, that in recent years, you you even went over to the UK to to the Rebellion Festival. Yeah. Yeah. To attend that punk, festival. Yeah. Punk with, music festival. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was awesome. So, no effects there. I mean. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm pretty immersed in music that you just kind of like always see it, it 
always seem to like be into um, at an early age, even yeah. though you've gotten into some kind of like wild shit. Oh yeah, well I, I I go to all places time. now, yeah, but. Um, I think we both circle back to, you know, things. Because then I started getting into, you know, the Pixies and stuff that you were listening to yeah, and I was, a lot later on. Yeah, like I would listen to the Doolittle album. Like, why, why don't you get this, Ken? Yeah, yeah. And then it What's did, wrong it, with you, dude? Yeah, it just took, like, <laughs> me growing up five years to really yeah. Hear, hear it. Yeah. But it's cool, man. I'm glad that we get to go toe-to-toe with some picks here. Yeah, so we just As went. As am I. Um, like an impromptu record uh, shopping spree over at, uh, uh, well, I don't want to say the name for it because I don't want to blow up my spot around here. <laughs> but we but we went to a, uh, an impromptu crate dig over at the local record uh, yeah. distributor. Saw the dollar section first. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was, a dis- it was dismaying, although we got, we got one good thing out of that. I'll tell you. Yeah, man. Uh, that, I'm most excited to talk about that. That is going to be the last song that we play today. Um, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to start off with my set just so that we can end with that song. I'm very enthused to hear your first track, which I believe is... Um, <laughs> is this the first comedy track on Wax On? It is, yeah. We're, we're, we're breaking a lot of ground today, uh, as is the case with your pick for the, for the last track. But yeah, this is a first for the yeah. show. Although it kind of fits. Oh, it's, it's out there. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, man. I'm really surprised I hadn't heard that before. I, I, I think uh, I think a lot of people are gonna be like stoked to to hear what we've got at the end there. Yeah, everybody, yeah. please listen to the end because that is uh, it's the crown jewel of maybe <laughs> maybe any of the episodes. Wow. I, I, I you know, you Gosh. saw my reaction when we were playing that. I did. I wasn't surprised. Yeah, I wasn't surprised. Mind blowing. So there's a little it a is. little teaser for everybody. Stick around. Indeed. Uh, yeah, this first track, this was the only record that I picked up, uh, at least the only full-length LP that I picked up today during our, uh, our, our shopping stint. This record is a comedy record by one Red Fox. It's from the year 1975. And, you know, I, I, I don't know where I misplaced the sleeve, but I believe the name of this record is You Gotta Wash Your Ass. And this track... They pretty much, you know, like, he goes very quickly into one track. And so mm. on the back, this the list of tracks is just absurd. It's, it's very terse. Yeah, well, yeah. it's just, like, so descriptive. It's basically just exactly what's happening, what yeah. he's saying. Mm. It's basically half the bit. So he's, you can just read the comedy record. It's very epigrammatic. Yeah. Very, yeah. Turns out a lot of those witty phrases. Yeah. Red Fox is hilarious. He's one of these guys that I want to pick up more records like this. Dudes that I know are funny and uh, are renowned in comedy, but I don't know their material as much. And this was apparently his first record in 12 years. <laughs> and so he's, you know, even grumpier and yeah. even older. So let's just jump right in, shall we? We're going to have lots of things to talk about here. We are. We are, no doubt. Here's Red Fox opening it up, talking about the word funky. See, you'd be surprised how time can change the meaning of a word. Now, most of you now, you, you know, the funky chicken and the dancing, the funky, funky, and scenes called the funky melon, you know, all that kind of funky black-eyed peas. When I was a kid, funky didn't have nothing to do with music. <laughs> See, funky was just plain funky. 
See, Funky was grandma's bloomers. And, and grandpa's long drawers with the nicotine stain in the back. Where he had sneezed and got snuff in him. That was Funky. I remember one time, I was about seven years old, and we were playing hide-and-go-seek. And I went in this lady's closet. We was playing hide-and-go-seek in her house. I went in the closet where she kept her dirty clothes. Fucking goddamn was fucking me. It was so funky in her closet, I gave up. I said, here I am, come get me. People don't know that. A lot of guys sitting here tonight with long toenails with dirt on them. Huh? You say, what? Speak right up, brother. I can't see you.
right, that was Leon Russell, rest in peace, from his record Looking Back from 1973, and that track was called Man with the Golden Gun. It was wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, awesome. I wanted to follow up uh, a bearded guy who could shred the piano with another bearded guy who could shred the piano. I thought that was kind of coincidental, yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, yeah I always think of one if the other gets brought up. I think I've done that too. Yeah. yeah. Mac Rebinek and uh, Leon Russell, they have a similar vibe. They do. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know what the story is exactly with this record. I think that Dylan gave me this record for a birthday, possibly. And um, I think it's all, I mean, at least these last two tracks are, are all instrumental. And it makes me wonder if the rest of the record's instrumental too. Like, I can't quite remember. Uh-huh. But I want to I want to dig deeper well, into this because those two last two tracks. His piano carries, just really carries it for for those tunes. I mean, mm-hmm, yeah, he's a, he was just a, a virtuosic keyboardist. Yeah, he was amazing. As John would say, oh, he could eat me for breakfast as a piano player. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and that's Elton John. Yeah, yeah. It's wild. Yeah, he takes the harpsichord, which is a pretty, it's, it's not a very dynamic uh-huh. instrument, and he takes that thing and really makes it sing, gives it yes. soul, you know? Yes. Hearing soul on a harpsichord is pretty wild. Uh, and it also has a sort of a Polynesian, very chill kind of flavor on those got tracks. into that. Yeah. It got into that uh, real heavy. And speaking of uh, virtuosos who play the piano, Dr. John... You know, I, I, I don't know what your favorite part of the last waltz is, but for me, it's head over shoulders <laughs> when he gets up there and just, um, like, completely shreds it was great. the night. It was great. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Of, uh, what is your yeah, favorite part? My favorite part is probably... It's, uh, it's between Evangeline and the, the weight for me, I think. Yeah. The weight weirds me out because it's in that like little room that's not, you know. I just wish they did yeah. it for the audience. But it's a great, it's a great recording. It's uh, I think better than the original track they did. For the I night. agree. Yeah. yeah. Same goes for the night they, uh, what is it? The night. The they night were, they drove old Dixie down. That's it, man. Yeah. That the live version is, live is the one version. to hear. Oh, it's magic. Yeah. The way they hit those harmonies, they just, yeah. it's it's uh, magic is no other way. No way to describe I'm it. I'm with you there, man. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's another track that I, you played, you know... Di- I played some of those last waltz tracks incessantly. Yeah. And our house was set up like the basement, you know, had these yeah. speakers that were right underneath both of our bedrooms. And they were loud, big loud things that, yeah. that you, you play it down there and the rest of the house has to has to make sure they can get into it too. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so you and I had, had like musical warfare with each other once we, in a we while. Had, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. We were, we were struggling to be dominant with that. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily on purpose, but we were no, definitely, was, you know. We had, no, we, had, we had very little choice at the time. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, we both like to rock out to our yeah. music. And, you know, we had these hardwood floors so it would just be amplified into our rooms. And that was one of those songs, but I would always, uh, I would always like that song, and that one just, you know, had a, you know, a brain worm that got into uh-huh. me. <laughs> and I even ended up covering that song at Bonnaroo in Tennessee. Did you? Yeah, the, the um, same Bonnaroo that Levon Helm played. 
the personnel Let's got to that. play at this little That's tent, and we and we covered it. Yeah, it, you know, it was it was a humble little show, but it was really fun, and it was yeah, uh, yeah. That's, just, it's gonna be the most mainstream rock thing that personnel has ever. Oh, um, yeah, it was by far the biggest thing that personnel ever got to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and the that song. Oh, for sure. Do that. You know. Yeah. It was quite a quite a leap from the style that you had there. Yeah, we did all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think we even covered White Stripes once. Did you? Yeah. yeah. It got, you know, we, t- we tried all sorts of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before Dr. John, we had Red Fox opening it up. <laughs> <laughs> Shit is hilarious. <laughs> Every word that comes out of his mouth is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to dig into this record. And hear him go off. I'm envious. I wish I could I'm find envious. this cover because I really want to. Uh, <laughs> I would love to spout off some of his. T- oh, here it is. Hallelujah. Here we go. Some of the tracks that hover around that one are as such <laughs> Funky. Are you girls alone? When am I going to get a ring? <laughs> Jaws on that hippo. <laughs> Oh, man. Some racial stuff. (laughs) A hog ain't no uglier than a cow. (laughs) A hog ain't no what? A hog ain't no uglier than a cow. (laughs) Fuck is not dirty. (laughs) Cancer better not fuck with my body. (laughs) What am I smoking? Row, row, row your boat. There's going to be some classics on here. I can feel uh, it. So, yeah. That's off of, again, Red Fox. Better wash your ass. I thought it was you better watch your ass. No, better wash your ass. That's gross. Yeah, there's a little turn of phrase that's... there. <laughs> First track, I hope your dog dies. Uh, now, that's not very nice. No. <laughs> My wife was going crazy. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's ballsy. Yeah, man. He calls it that. <laughs> All right. Let me find the sleeve. And he's got this, you know, you know the red fox look, everyone. Everyone knows what he looks like. He's got that, like, angry, like, face. Yeah, squinty Sm- face. Smelling something really bad. Yep. All right, it's in here. Oh, everything is in disarray. Here we go. All right, to round out my set. Let's close it out because I'm eager to get into yours, man, because I was keeping them low and I'm going to be surprised by what's going to come out of most of the tracks. Uh, I was tipped Pleasantly. off. To, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> Everything that I heard so far was uh, was dope, man. And that last track has you know, blown me away. Yes, indeed, dude. Man. Well, yes, indeed. second to last track here. This is The Kinks off of one of the deep cut records, Preservation Act One. I think this is. I didn't even. I didn't know that you were so into the Kinks. I, I'm not crazy into the Kinks. I, I, yeah. I think that they're one, they're one of those classic be. rock bands that you know. I like. Uh, I like their older stuff. I think that they. I think it rocks. You know. I think it's like. It's nice. Yeah, you yeah. really got me. I. I think that shit is. Uh, I think that shit rocks. So I, I got this one. I think I skimmed through it on Spotify when I bought it, and this was in the early days of having a turntable, so I was just trying to have a few records in my collection. I'm sorry it's so hot, by the way, man. <laughs> this is crazy. It, it, it's all right, dude. It's just the, it's the turn of the seasons. Mm-hmm. 
and I didn't really know what the kinks were all about, so I just wanted, you know, I wanted some records, and this one was cheap. It sounded okay from when I was skimming through it. But this record, it uh, seems to be a concept record, and it seems to have a bunch of characters that appear throughout it. The band members, I guess, play characters or whomever comes in and fills these roles. Uh. Like it says, you know, morning song sung by the chorus. Sweet Lady <laughs> Genevieve is sung by the tramp. Cricket Ooh. is sung by the vicar. The, vi the viker. The viker. So, you know, yeah. you, you can kind of tell what this is. You know, it's going to have a little it's, medieval it's, yeah. twist. These guys are going to be very English. Yep. They're, uh, they're, they're going to just, they're going to show off how English they are. Right. So I'm going to go out on, on a limb to say that this is probably not their most popular record. I don't recognize any of the tracks. They got a, you know, sort of communist uh slanted um yeah sergeant pepper ripoff going on for the front cover that's exactly what it looks like yeah <laughs> yeah there's some very communist looking background art um with uh everyone as you say kind of like standing around sergeant pepper's style yeah like at the front of the picture Totally. So this didn't, uh, and if we, if we start to sound spaced out, it's because it's, we're roasting up here. I'm sorry. You know, I've, I uh, didn't hook up the air conditioner yet, and it's know, getting hot. I'm it's, sorry. It's, yeah. We'll take a little break. No, I just mean like generally the weather. I wasn't complaining. Oh. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this. Uh, so this didn't prompt me to get Act Two. Hmm. This uh, this was a loan purchase, and it also hasn't. So one of the cuts off of it, you really, you're really into. I'll say it, that it's got some flaming lips kind of vibes. It's got you know. I knew this band sort of went in the psychedelic direction, you know, along yeah. with the Tide during the '60s and '70s. So I was curious around this era, what year? 1973. We got a few things coming from '73. I think that uh, you know Leon Russell right before that, 1973. So it was a good year for music. The production was really great. So I like to pick up stuff around that era because more times than not, it's going to have some some parts that will shine if if for nothing else because of the production. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess it's not my favorite year the way the way it is yours, but sure, it's, it's not solid. Yeah, um, it's solid. Anyway, it's got a kind of flaming lips kind of vibe, but you got to search for the for the songs on this record because it, it you know as you can tell by the titles, it goes into all sorts of different directions. So let's check it out. I actually don't even really remember what it sounds like at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but let's hear it. This is the Kinks with Sitting in the Midday Sun. Oh, yeah, now it's coming back to me. Sitting in the Here we go. I'm sitting by the side of a river Got no need to worry, I'm in no hurry I'm looking at the world go by Just sitting in the midday sun 
I'd rather be a hobo Walking around with nothing Than a rich man scared of losing all his God So I'm just
of course, England's own Radiohead with Scatterbrain off of Hail to the Thief from 2003. I think three. That sounds right. I think. That sounds right. We'll go with that. What an amazing track, man. So good. Uh, This record. So this is, I, I wanted to play this because this is uh, a point of interest for both of us as the common ground uh, for both of us musically. Yes. Yes, man. And uh, I'm with that. Yeah. Lately, we've been able to, you know, have all sorts of conversations about Radiohead, as I have with yeah, all, all, almost I, all of my close friends. Yeah, because I, the first three albums didn't didn't throw me. Uh, and all I love those first three. They're still my favorite three. Yeah. And um, let's get into it, it. Yeah, I just I I gave the next uh, six albums a shot, and it took me a while. Those yeah. those other ones took me a while. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah where do you where do you rank uh, Hail to the Thief among your well, the Thief? I think I probably put that at number. Five, maybe. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Pablo Honey, are you? You're a Pablo Honey guy, right? Uh, that's number three for me. Oh, okay, number one. Benz. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I knew that. I think you knew that. Yeah. I think I told you that. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I, I guess it always just stuck with me because you're like, you're such a uh, Pablo Honey apologist. I am an apologist for Pablo Honey. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why it. <clears throat> got all the bad press it did. I, I think it's awesome. Did it get a lot of bad press? I mean, it gets a lot of bad press now. I'll tell you when, in those album rankings. Um, well, you know, it's quite a bit of that, and uh, I don't know. I think a lot of like the retrospective criticism about that album is pretty negative, even though it, it it did some, it did it got some good reviews at the time. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's a heavily disparaged album. It's not, yeah, it's not upheld as one no. of their, <laughs> no. one of their greats. But I think it, I think it is one of their greats. Well, if, especially for a debut record, yeah. I think it's a fantastic record, but it doesn't really, you know, I, I have to sort of agree with, with placing it towards the end of mine, but yeah. that's just where, you know, that's where my ear goes. And I think that, mm. I don't know, you know, I, I it, the thing about Radiohead is they are so varied in what they put out, so really is at some point just personal taste uh well yeah it's all personal taste yeah i guess yeah Yeah. but so what's your favorite radiohead song planet telix maybe yeah yeah great band yeah we were talking a little bit about like where they're gonna go after moonshape pool yeah and I think it's going to be crazier than anything they've ever done. Yeah, I, te- um, I tend to agree with you. Because they won't put out anything that sounds much like what they did at any point before. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think they see a point in doing that. They always yeah. look for uncharted territory. And I think it'll have its listeners. Oh, yeah. It'll find its listeners yeah. somewhere. It won't yeah. disappoint. It won't disappoint. That many of us. Yeah. Well, they've really they've done a a good setup for themselves by opening everyone's mind to all sorts of sounds that they can put out. Uh, 
Well, oh, and also I wanted to mention before that, stepping away from Radiohead, that the Dr. John record that I played is, uh, I have this in my collection thanks to you. You know, you got yeah. uh, this for me as a gift for one of my birthdays. I did. I, uh, I thought, yeah, man, that's... Off of... Uh, that's you. That's... <laughs> Destively, Destively Bonnaroo? Yeah. Is, that, is that a word? Um... I don't know what the hell they're trying to <laughs> say on this album. Desitive. Okay, I have no idea. It's. A, it's I have a, no idea. It's a brain fuck. <laughs> yeah, Desitively Bonnaroo. Uh, it's a really groovy looking cover. It has like some reflective silver font. Yeah. And then some he's orange, got, some yellow, some blue. Very seventies. Yeah, very seventies. It's one of a kind. And uh, I wanted to play something funky after that Red Fox. How can we not? Funky intro. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I, g- I gave up. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Here it is. The moment that I've been waiting for. I'm sorry for dragging <laughs> this out for so long. After I've cooked you like in, a, in an attic uh, for a couple me? hours. You're punching <laughs> me. I thought you were like, No. Oh. No, not at all. Oh. Not at all. Hey, well, thanks for being here, man. And uh, thank you for selecting these Dude, records. I, hey, I couldn't be happier, man. Hey, this is fun. Uh, we've got Curated by Brad Vasoli, five tracks coming up. And we're kicking things off with a group by the name of Slade off of their record Alive. Yes, they are probably a lot more awesome than you remember. Uh, they wrote come on feel the noise they they did the original oh really yeah that is not a quiet riot original quiet riot i think i i can get into their version of it now that i've heard the good version of it yeah but i uh i see that recording as having turned a lot of people off to that song and therefore that band yeah i'd be curious Um, to hear the original yeah yeah it was uh it was, a, it was a good one. You know, it's funny that you say that because I was looking here on the sleeve for the date, and this song we're about to hear comes from 1972. And I thought that this was going to be something from the 80s, by the way that it sounded. It just sounded, I think, a little ahead of its time. Yeah, I think the recording quality on it is really good. It's really um, good, yeah. And it has a modern a, rock, you know, sort of yeah. element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a, uh, uh, it's a blues rock cover. Oh, this first uh, the, track? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I was getting Led Zeppelin vibes from it. Yeah, this this was written by Alvin Lee of 10 years after. Right. Um, yeah, I was telling you that yeah. I, I, I categorized them as a Woodstock opening band. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the I only know, way that... I, just, I haven't heard them. Yeah, I think they were in the movie Woodstock, and that's why that stuck with me, and that's the only time that band ever really hit my radar. Uh-huh. But I see their records in the dollar bins every were they once good? in a while. Like, were they good? They were okay. They were decent? Yeah, they were a decent band. Yeah. They were good enough to open up Woodstock. Mm-hmm. But they were just a band that didn't have yeah. a mega hit. Yeah, but these guys slayed, um, you know, My Oh My, one of their big tracks, uh, Run Runaway. Uh, as I said, Come On, Feel the Noise. So that, right. I mean, those were, those were their big kind of hits back then. Right. Lead, lead singer is Naughty Holder. Naughty Holder. Oh, my God. 
What and he name? looks and he looks like a guy who would be named Naughty Holder. Is it is there a, a more British name? Yeah, he, he's he's very he's so British. Yeah, so British. I like it. Let's see. This first track is "Hear Me Calling" off of their record "Alive" uh, on Polydor from 1972, and so. It seems like this was recorded, I think, in a theater, in a, maybe a small theater. It's, I think that's right. Yeah, it's a little confusing by the name. It says recorded live, and live is also in quotation, at Command <laughs> Theater <laughs> Studio. What does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> recorded live at Command Theater Studio. I don't know, I smell something funny. <laughs> but here it is, uh, Slade with, I'm sorry, what's it called? Hear Me Calling. We go.
get a little lightheaded from like, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, excuse me. <laughs> that was the raspberries with, yes. I, want, I want to be with, with a you. very proud Eric Carmen. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. We were just <laughs> very proud band with a very proud, with a very proud Eric Carmen. Yeah. We were just, uh, getting a kick out of how much credit he's getting on this record. Yes. Yes, the record is called Raspberry's Best, featuring Eric Carmen. Yeah, in a very loud, big font. Yes. I'd say about yes. 80% as big, 80% the size of Raspberry's Best. Yes. Yes, but I think that somewhere in the very, very small liner notes, um, the others might be mentioned yeah. somewhere. They're probably, yeah, they probably make a cameo. Somewhere in here. This, these liner yeah, notes, by the way, read like a newspaper. They do. They're about as long. You know, it's got, you know, they wanted to have that feel of credibility. Like, you know. They did. This is, this is legit. We're a good band. Yeah, we, they tell you. you. Know. <laughs> yeah. Take it, take it from us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, we're, we're awesome. I mean, we got Eric Carmen. Yeah, we got me. <laughs> He's like standing in the middle with like a douchey grin, like, they got me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, wrote on all these songs. There was only two other songs where he co-wrote with people. So uh -huh. he was, a, yeah, a bit of a, he, he was a bit of a, a control freak, if nothing else. A Mozart of our time, no doubt. Yeah, well, I mean, that song stands up. That song is also a little bit uh, ahead of its time. It's a great song. Yeah. I think they're a good band. It's just uh, I've, I've listened to a lot of good bands, and um, the, uh, the marketing is a little more subtle for almost all of them. Everything's uh, out of, you know, uh, out of style about this cover. Like, no one does yeah. that anymore with... We were talking about this they didn't, They're not like, okay, we, we're going to hire some awesome commercial artist to do this awesome design. No, nothing could be awesome <laughs> except for us. Yeah. And that's... I'm in the middle. That, the other guys are revolving around me. The bust of everyone else <laughs> is revolving around me, Eric Carmen. Uh, the guy to the upper right of him at about one o'clock, <laughs> he's got hair that just looks like... Um, it's sort of like... First of all, it's a mullet. Yeah, kind of. Well, he's got sideburns, but he's got this hairdo yeah. where it's poofed up in the back and it's then parted in the middle and smashed down, like almost like like uh, girls were wearing in high school in like the early two thousands. <laughs> you know, it's really crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It's a look that it it doesn't really belong with this kind of music. No, that that's look. not who I who I pictured. You might like figure him for a member of like Kansas. Or sticks, or something like that. Something. I don't know. I don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this song is very, uh, very clever, cleverly written. I was telling you, it's got yes. two choruses, yes. which I like to identify in pop music. You know, I know that Drake does that, and I try to write songs like that every once in a while. It's really hard to have two two hooks that stand up on their own, but they make use of the post-chorus to throw another little hook in you. It's a happening song. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Jumping and a jiving. This, uh, I imagine this, that song probably did, you know, well. Or was that their biggest hit? No, their biggest hit was Go All the Way. Yeah. Which you, I think you, you must have heard that one. Like, that, that sounds familiar. Please go all the way. 
you know. It rings a bell, yeah. 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 Well, I like the raspberries. Yeah. I'm excited to, to hear the rest. Wait, is that on here? It's got to be, right? Yeah, it's the first track. They lead off with it. I'm going to dig into the raspberries, and <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I'm, I'm intrigued. There's a lot, uh, you know, they give you all the info. <laughs> <laughs> they get, yeah, yeah. They get in a very opinionated fashion. It's like before you had a they, website. They were just, <laughs> we'll just put all of the information about our band. No bi uh, biography. <laughs> all right. Let's press on. Next you have, oh, I'm sorry. Before that, you had Slave with the cover. Slade. Oh, I'm sorry. Slade. <laughs> <laughs> you had Slade uh, with the uh, blues rock cover, Hear Me Calling. That was heavy, man. That rocked. It rocked. Oh, my God. For early 70s, so heavy. Like, the recording's really heavy. The band is so tight, like Queens of the Stone Age tight. They were trailblazers, man. They, they were ahead of their time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that this name, you know, doesn't get brought up a little bit more, uh, you know, now that I hear it, like, how... I'm surprised that people do, like they don't hear the come, come on feel the noise. On the radio, like their version on the radio. Yeah. I never hear it. Totally. I never hear Slate. I always hear Quiet Rat. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't really. I mean, that doesn't. Uh, I didn't even know that was a cover. Lots of people who think that it's just you know a, a whatever Quiet Riot song also probably don't know that it's the cover of such a, an awesome classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to hear I want to hear the original after this. Well, that rocked. Yeah. That was like that got me going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was rowdy. <laughs> I really like that. Um, okay, up next, I think that you know, this sort of goes in line with the Raspberries. It's another the band. And is this another UK band, the Smithereens? No, they are from New Jersey. Okay. This is from 1986. Track called Crazy Mixed Up Kid. Um, what do you know? What's your relationship to this band? Uh, I heard a lot of like jangle pop type stuff, like listen to like, like uh, Dave Edmonds' uh, Pandora. Like, so this is just one of those bands that uh, is in that kind of subgenre that, uh, that I got kind of turned on to uh, when I was kind of listening to a lot of that stuff. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, they just, I think, had a lot of influence over the years, these guys, like on bands like R.E.M. I see. Like, yeah, that that general feel. Yeah, a bit like faster bands with clean guitars. Yeah. Yeah, cool. That's yeah, exactly I th I, it, it, yeah, that's their specialty. If I'm remembering correctly, like the replacements kind of uh, a took a bite out of this sound a little bit. They kind of like had like one, one foot in that world and one foot in the punk world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, did I say replacements? Yeah, that's I meant, why. That's why kind of. I meant refreshments. No. What? No, I meant. No, the, you did not I, mean the refreshments. No, I didn't. I meant the Rembrandts. <laughs> Third times oh, the charm. Oh yeah, maybe. Just, just a little bit. Just, not not in a good way. But no, not uh, in a good way. Yeah, Rembrandts uh, suck, dude. Exactly, yeah. and I, I didn't mean that as a knock against this band, but I but it just had that uh, you know. I guess, dude. That would, like, uh, <laughs> if the REM was, yeah, the uh, the better, you know, the better half of that. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> our, apologies, our apologies to REM and 
to the refreshments. Smithereens, the refreshments, <laughs> the, replacements. the replacements, and and basically every every uh, jangle pop band except for the Rembrandts. Yeah, everyone involved. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. Dude. I misspoke. <laughs> uh, this track is called "Crazy Mixed Up Kid." Let's hear it. back someday Until then I'll have to find a way I've tried so very hard to be someone she fall in love with I cry my eyes out She's no good, it's true And I, I know it I guess she's just a crazy mixed up kid Everybody says she'll come around she does, you know I won't be found I've tried so very hard to be someone she fall in love with I cry my eyes out, she's no good, it's true And I, I know it, I guess she's just a crazy mixed up kid Heaven on, but not for long. 
rock pile i told you man <laughs> that was good i told you yeah uh that was when i read the book 1980 off of i love this record title seconds of pleasure and nick lowe was in this band who nick lowe and dave edmonds oh nice and they had pretty prominent solo careers uh yes yeah both uh dave edmonds like queen of hearts you heard that one right? yeah yeah um Girls talk, slipping away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they had, uh, did they have, I feel like they had more hits, you know. Well, those are all like that Dave Edmonds um, uh, solo pieces, but. Uh, yeah, I can't say I was familiar with Rockpile with the name yeah. before this. So yeah, yeah. I think they just did that one album. Oh, really? Yeah. But they played alongside each other for. Oh, I see. Was this for a lot of their careers? Was this a super group? Did they already have careers and then they you know, formed this? I don't. I think they they kind of um, did rock pie. Well, yeah, I guess it must have been because I mean Dave Edmonds has just been at it since forever. Yeah, um, since the late '60s. It's cool stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, speaking of like outdated. Record covers. This is really funny. I've never seen this before. This is Seconds of Pleasure, Weeks of Touring, Rockpile 1980. And then it has their <laughs> tour dates printed on the record sleeve. <laughs> like, how's that for promotion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they are trying to get people out to shows. But not, not any, uh, they, they only get you started. They only give you the city and the date. They don't give you venues. So the rest is up to you. <laughs> you got to do some investigating. They're, they're getting you interested. Yeah, and this is before the internet too, so you really yeah. got to start yeah. asking around. <laughs> it's ridiculous. What the hell did people even do back then? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, resource material. 
Okay. Well, and before that, we had the Smithereens with Crazy Mixed Up Kid from 1986. I'm sorry, I kind of missed that. I was getting us water, and it was only two minutes long. <laughs> it's no problem, man. Yeah, that, uh, but that, you know, like, again, pretty cool, like, rock and stuff. It's hard for me to find stuff that I'm into from the 80s, and that record store yeah. that we went to has an abundance of 80s bands. That's all they got, 70s and 80s. Yeah, I guess a yeah. lot of, I guess that's... A lot of his collection and a lot of what people bring in. Mm. You know, there's a lot of leftover record collections with those yeah. decades dominating. Yeah, I was I was kind of wondering if we'd find any good punk vinyl, but uh, there's just nothing like that there. We'll go to HHH and we'll <laughs> uh, find some punk records. They always have a pretty decent selection, but it's sort of a mixed bag. It's just whatever's lying around, mm. but they do have some punk records. Nice. Yes, sir. Well, dude, thanks for taking the time with me. Thanks for roasting up here with me. Hey, man. It is uh, pleasure is mine. Hey, this was fun. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, it's nice when we get to talk for a long period of time, and music is one of the only things that I don't I don't melt down during a conversation. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, well, it is nice to <laughs> get to. Get to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for, you know, just thanks. Thanks for coming up here and Thank you for having me, man. Of course, man. Well, would you like to intro your last track here? This is, I think, the crown jewel. I don't know if anyone who could possibly be disappointed in hearing what we're about to play. Um, it's one of the great instrumental tracks that uh, I think you... It's one of the best that you stand a chance of remembering over the past um, 30 or 40 years of the rock era. Um, Tubular Bells, Mike Oldfield. You can't, you just can't diss it. Yeah. So we roll up <laughs> to the record store and there's just like boxes of dollar records out we front. We found it, yes, we found it in the dollar section and of the store. Yeah. You pulled that out, and I, and to to be honest, I thought that was a band called the Tubes, that pops up. They're from the '80s, and they <laughs> seem to pop up in dollar bins a lot. I so. saw one of their, yeah, yeah. I so saw I, one of their covers. I uh, saw the Tubes and completely glazed over it, and I I'd never <laughs> uh, heard his name before. I, you know, as, yeah. As most people are. I'm probably familiar with uh, it being in The Exorcist. Yes, that's how. The uh, opening theme to this uh, kind of got its its fame, but uh, you know it's just remarkable. He put out that track, I think, when he was twenty. This track? He was twenty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tubular bells, and he played so many different instruments. He had just developed musicianship on so many different instruments by the time he was twenty, and had this 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 career where he was uh, there's like a famous performance on the the BBC um, you know I mean this guy was this guy was the pride and joy of of Britain I gotta look into time. it this is one of those people where I'm enlightened to find out that I should have been listening to this yeah. stuff for, for years yeah. now his stuff I gotta say regrettably the stuff that he did after Tubular Bells I don't think is is that terrific Totally. That's um, probably why his name never but got to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's kind of like tubular bells, and then that's really it. That's uh, that's 
listenable. I don't know. I, I saw this uh, performance that he did with the lead singer of the Struts um, uh, on uh, one uh, one uh, program. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, he's got some respect still, but I think it all kind of derives from the fact that he did this. This was his opus. This, yeah. I believe it. I mean, it sounds like he had a cot in the studio and was just day and night working on, on this track. It must have been. for Yeah, for what sounds like a year. Yeah. And if, if you look at that live uh, version of it, I mean, you'll, just, you'll see that like the musicians, a lot of them that he recruits to play this uh, with him, uh, it's him on bass guitar, and then he alternates basically between bass guitar and an acoustic six string, and everyone else is just playing the other stuff. And he had the composer Carl Jenkins with him, I think, playing uh, organ, maybe. Um, he had Mick Taylor uh, of the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Um, you know, and Vivian Stanchel does some uh, some narration on it toward the end. Oh, right. The guy from um, the Bonzo Dog Blue... Uh, Bonzo Dog Dude Up Band. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you have not heard of them? No, I have not. <laughs> they were big. Wow. Well, this is you know. I think Death Cab for Cutie takes their name from one of the one of their songs. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I you know I thought I heard somewhere that Death Cab got their name from from Dialogue in a Hard Day's Night, but I never I confirmed that with. Maybe they, maybe that's right. But they did have a song called Death Cab for oh. Cutie. Oh. Okay. Wild. Well, yeah. I, I mean, this has been a learning experience from all <laughs> angles, and. This track especially, first of all, the the front cover uh, wins between all five, in my opinion. The, I mean, it's a twisted tubular bell. Yeah, but then the crashing wave. The crashing wave. Yeah, I guess it's just okay. <laughs> I guess it just doesn't have a lot of competition. <laughs> I guess Slate Alive is pretty cool. No, Slate Alive is, is pretty cool. It's badass. Yeah. Just red and black. Red and black, yeah. I love that. I love taking black and white and doing something else. Yeah. Well, I'm glad everyone stuck around to this song. I'm glad you joined me to show me some new music, and you truly blew my sure mind thing, with this man. track. <laughs> so thank you so much. Uh, no I was problem, dude. I was looking up what songs uh, sampled tubular bells after this and there was something you know for, between 40 and 60 songs it's genius is well recognized yeah a lot of hip-hop a lot of iced yeah. tea was hitting tubular bells hard well hey man it's been such a pleasure it's been a pleasure here too dude this is our last track signing off good night everybody see you next time on wax on this is mike oldfield with tubular bells Check this shit out.
double speed neutral. 